All right, everybody. Hey, it's another Big Daddy and Friends. And uh, as always, I try to bring close friends of mine, dear friends of mine, and guys that, you know, they know what they're talking about. They're in the game. They're in the business. They understand, and it's not fake. It's all real. So, everyone, all you viewers and listeners, let's welcome Eric Mangini. How you doing, Eric? I'm, I'm doing great, Big Daddy. I'm, I'm a little overdressed for the occasion. I can see that. <laughs> I, I hope I, I'm not killing the show vibe, but I was just doing something else where I had to be dressed up, and I knew you'd appreciate yeah, me bringing a little formal flair to it. Yeah, I mean, anything, you know, look at me. I'm just... You look great. Uh, yes, yeah, this is a little big on me because, you know, I started this uh, health kick, and I'm down close to 70 pounds since March of last March. Okay, what's what's the secret? You get Eat less and exercise. You know, you get Corona first. <laughs> uh huh. That's the that's the first step. I don't know if I want that. Yeah, yeah. The coronavirus diet started me off, and then it was just a matter of kind of sticking with it. I guess not the okay. coronavirus part, but the uh, when you lose your appetite and you're not eating and everything, you're like, wow, this weight just comes off like no problem, and then. Uh, the diet and obviously the working out. I get up every morning. I'm in the gym at six, and uh, I do about an hour of cardio on some days, and then I do a little bit of weights. You know, look, I'm not a lineman anymore, so I don't need to be big. I just right. need to get the heart moving, and uh, those are the two things: the diet and the uh, the cardio sessions. I've been uh, even when I travel. When when you say your diet, are you? Is it restrictive or is it? Keto, like what's the... It's a combination of keto, Atkins, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yep. You know, I uh, I don't try to go seven days a week trying to be, uh, you know, uh, a stormtrooper and just march to a speed and <laughs> don't eat anything. But uh, I, uh, I cut out a lot of things. So there's no more Umberto's pizza. There's no bagels, which... Believe me, it's a struggle. You got to add a little Umberto's every now and then, though. Uh, I, I, you know what? And and since, like I said, March, I've had it once. Mm-hmm. I had it once. Actually, when I was sick and with uh, in bed with coronavirus, they send it to me like three times. And Eric, you could have gave me a million dollars. I could <laughs> smell it or taste it, and uh, it was difficult. But uh, you know, I break it up and uh, a lot of healthy eating, a lot of uh, like I said, a lot of high protein and. And the, that's the key, the whole thing, because, you know, when you're always on the go, like we are, and you're running around, and then you go to, like, I mean, things are different now, but, you know, you're, you're going into TV studios, and there's catering, and this and that, and all, everything's kind of trying to be made easy so that you can make all the transformations that you need to make from going from, let's say, Studio A to B, or even running from the set to the airport, you're at the airport. You're like, oh, let me just grab a cheeseburger. You know, so it's all those things that we're accustomed to that I'm yeah. I'm accustomed to that I've kind of eliminated. Yeah. So I know you have my home address. If Umberto's needs a different place to send it, oh, feel free to feel free to send it out here. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you. I promise. And what I'll do is I'll tell you how it tastes just to remind you. Yeah, yeah. Let here. me know. Let me know. Uh-huh. I can send you two grandma pies. It's not. <laughs> I've. Uh, it's funny when you get into that whole conversation. I've sent it out to uh, Les uh, Sneed out in L.A. Uh-huh. His wife Kara uh, is a very dear friend, and she, when I was featured by NFL Network, you know, over fifteen years ago. 
she came with me and her producer. I took them to Umberto's. Wow. So she became automatically hooked, and I shipped it out there. So I've shipped it to Thomas Dimitrov. I've shipped it to Roddy White. Uh, what's Funny, it? how am I not on this list? <laughs> because you never asked me. It's been now too I, long. It's been I, too long. I know. Now I know. So now I, and yes, I do have your home address. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll get on that right away. And uh, so, uh, but anyway, so now for all the viewers and uh, listeners, obviously I'm very well familiar with the story and uh, on where you started, how you started, but Give a give the people a little bit. You know, you 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 grew up in Hartford, Connecticut, right outside yep. of Hartford. Yep. And, uh, and and I will tell this to everyone before you start. Um, the camp that you have up there, I think I was taught. I had Michael Smith on, and we uh, okay were chatting about it, and I we both agreed what you do up there with so many kids. That's incredible, incredible. Thank you. I'm like. You know, every time I go up there, I'm like, oh, 600, 800, 1,000. I'm like, where are all these kids coming from? I'm like, I have no problems, me and my brother Jimmy, dealing with 100. And you're like, 1,000. I'm <laughs> like 2,000 by now. But, uh, you know, that's a, incredible what you do. And I always enjoy going up there and, and uh, spending the day up there because it's, you know, you get the feel of it's like being in an NFL camp. But one day, because you run around from place to place, you're coaching Lyme and you're coaching him. And you know what? I have uh, my two trophies are over there from winning nice. uh, two two Super Bowls up there. So that 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 always I always uh, never forget that. Well, thank you, and and we're able to do that because of of people like you who are generous with the time and 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 generous with with their resources. And what, what's so fantastic about that event for me is not just the kids getting a chance to experience football, but them getting a chance to experience positive mentors like yourself, like Michael Smith, like all the different coaches and, and teachers and police officers and, and the cross-section of society that comes to help it make it a big day. So that's pretty special from that perspective for me. Yeah, I w listen, I would say so, and it's uh... – you know, I look. You're you're having it this year. Are you bringing it back this year? Well, we're we're probably gonna be another year off. We were we're trying to think of maybe some some alternatives. It's it's so different state to state in terms of as you know with what the COVID um, restrictions are, what the availability is, and we draw that camp draws from close to fifty towns and five states, and <clears throat> we just want to make sure when we do it it's the safest possible environment, not just for, for the kids, but for everybody else who helps out. So we're, we're in a, a long pause right now, but excited to, to get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but anyway, so let the viewers and listeners uh, know how you got into football. Like what made you, you know, I, like, again, I know the whole story, but I want <laughs> else to know it. So share that a little bit with us. Okay, so so my I never thought I'd be a football coach in a million years. I thought I thought football coaches were like gym teachers with the the high shorts and the the whistle, and I thought I was going to be an investment banker like my brother was. And we both went to Wesleyan, 
Um, but during my junior year, I went and studied abroad in Australia. And Kyle, my brother, was there. He was working in an investment bank. I was never home, so I didn't know anybody. And there was no TV, and, and I didn't have any friends. So I was looking for something to do. And a girl that he worked with, a woman he worked with, went into a, a sporting goods store, and there was a guy named Stan Long there who was trying to make friends with this woman. And he told her how he was coaching American football. And um, she went back and told my brother who told me. And I thought, maybe I'll go see if I can volunteer with this guy and just have something to do, maybe make some friends. So I go and I meet with Stan Long. And he's the head coach of the Doncaster Devils. And we travel an hour to get to the, the team. And they were one of the better teams in the Australian comp. And about an hour into it, I realized that Stan didn't really know football very well. Stan knew how to do jumping jacks and push-ups, yeah. um, but there's no real internet back then, Big Daddy, so you couldn't check up on people like you could today. Yeah. So they let Stan go after two weeks. They asked me to be the head coach of this team, and I'm like 22 years old. I don't know anything, but I'm loving it, and I decide to try to help out. So that I'm getting stuff faxed me from my college coach in the morning, putting it in at night. The team folds after a month. So I think, okay, I'm done with football, great experience, made some friends. But a group of guys that I know went to this new team, the Q Colts. They asked me to come along. I was in love with it. I started coaching them. I was like the de facto head coach, D coordinator. They paid me to stay on during the summer instead of go home for my summer job uh, that I needed to, to help with Wesleyan. We win the championship. I take the second semester of my senior year off. We win the championship again. And then I decide I'm going to try football as, as a career. I want to I learn about this. So Kevin Spencer, who, who I think you know, Big Daddy, was my head coach at Wesleyan. He was now the offensive assistant at the Browns. He got me a job at the Browns as a ball boy. And I remember telling my mom, uh, you know, I'm going to go to to Cleveland and work as a ball boy. And she's like, you have $25,000 in student loans. You just graduated from Wesleyan, and you're going to go pick up laundry as a ball boy? And I'm like, well, it's a, it's a bigger plan. I just want to see – what's going on. I want to understand it. So I'm there. I'm working in the spring at OTAs. Can't afford to fly home to Connecticut for, for the break between OTAs and camp. So I volunteer in the PR department. Go back to being a, a ball boy. The season is, is coming. My, my reign as a ball boy is over now. Ball boys are like 15. I'm 23. I got a picture of me and like these five kids and I'm about a foot and a half taller than all of them yeah. with, our, with our things on. And so at the end of the, the summer, Kevin Byrne, who's the head of PR, says, you know, we really liked what you did when you volunteered in the PR department during that block of time in between. Would you stay on for the season? So I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I stay on in PR for the season. I'm there all the time. Again, there's no Internet. The overflow of work, Bill Belichick walks down to the office and says, hey, can you research this? Can you research that? He knows I'm a college kid and and – um, you know, had that that uh, option available. Finish up that. I'm going to go be the old line coach at Trinity College in Hartford. And Bill says, "Hey, do you want to stay on as a coach's assistant?" I said, "Yeah, I'll do that." So I spend a year as a coach's assistant. The team announces the move. Bill gets fired. They go, "Oh, I'm in trouble." Get an option with Ted Marchabroda to go to the Ravens for their first ever team as the offensive assistant. He said, "Do you want to do that?" I said, "Yeah." Yeah, I'll do it. 
spend a year there. Bill Parcells gets a head job in in New York. Bill Belichick is there. They said, do you want to come and be the defensive assistant? I said, yeah, I'll do that. Spend some time there. Uh, Bill gets a head job in New England. Asked me to come to be the DB's coach and, and said, yeah, I'll do that. And then I got the opportunity I did in in New York with uh, with the Jets. So it, I know that's a long story, but it all started in Australia. It all started with a guy that's named great. That's Stan a great. Long. And, uh, you know, I talk to kids all the time about opening doors because you don't know where they're going to lead. And uh, that's, I'm, I'm a great example of, of kind of how one door allowed an opportunity for another door. No, that's a great – I didn't even know the Australia part, so I learned something new just now. That's uh, a that's great cool. time. Yeah, that was uh, – I'm sure the Fosters, you became familiar with them. <laughs> <laughs> right? Big now, Daddy, we had guys as young as 18 and as old as 44. This guy was a, a Vietnam vet, American, who's living over there, whose nickname was the Fossil. It was – you talk about cross-section society. We had the – had a homicide for all of Victoria, the state that we were in. Uh-huh. We had a guy who ran a, a driving school. We had a guy who was a bouncer at a strip club. We had a guy who ran a clothing we, everything. We had every walk of life. Such a cool experience. Uh, I can only imagine. That's, uh, you know, I had the luxury of being in uh, another country. I was in Peru when I was in 10th grade, and that was for eight months. And that was, uh, I remember that that time period for two reasons. One, um, I had a blast because I was 15 and I was hanging out with <laughs> I was hanging out with U.S. Marines that worked at the embassy. That yeah. they were the only guys that really spoke English. So, and then the bad part of that whole thing was I had to go to summer school that year because I couldn't catch up to all my grades. So I spent uh, both summer sessions because I had spent uh, all that time down in South America with. Uh, my dad was down there on a business venture. So, uh, but anyway, so now coaching now has led you to TV. Yes. And um, tell the uh, viewers and listeners about that whole that uh, transition experience, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's, it, it was um, so when I when when I left Cleveland, you know, the Browns, and, and had to figure out what the next thing to do is is I. I'd been in pro football at that point already 20 years. And I thought I want to try something a little bit different. And I didn't have the best reputation from a media standpoint. My press conferences might've been a little bit, uh, a little bit dull, especially compared to, to someone like Herm who I took over for. And I'd been raised in that Patriot way of, of, of dealing with the media. So I thought I had an opportunity at ESPN and I could go change the narrative on who I was, on on um, what my ability was from a from a media standpoint, and and challenge myself in a totally different way. So that's what excited me about about the opportunity at ESPN, and it also is a is a different lifestyle. It's I have three young boys. I mean, they're getting older and older. Jake and Luke are going to be seventeen and fifteen here on Friday, which is Seems like crazy. It. To my knee now they'll be looking me in the eye <laughs> right big daddy jake drove to school for the first time today oh I mean, talk about these these like crazy landmarks yeah but the tv's also give me an opportunity to experience parts of their lives that i never would 
be able to in coaching. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I went back to San Francisco, which again was one of those really unique opportunities. Jim Harbaugh wanted me to actually work on the offensive side of the ball. So I hadn't done that in 20 years. Um, and I did that. And then I was a position coach on offense, which I had never done in my career. Talk about stretching yourself. It, you yeah. know, you're used to writing one way, you know, defensive plays, and then suddenly you're writing a different way. It's just radically different. Um, and then had an opportunity to, after San Francisco ended, to work with Fox, which is West Coast based. And then something opened up in New York. And again, different experiences, different formats of shows, different challenges. That was the thought process. You know, it's funny. Uh, we, of course, we've run into each other over there at the on Sixth Avenue at Fox, and, and and I look at it the way you do, where you you walk, you you're in one doorway, and all of a sudden you open up another door that leads you, and then it opens, and then you find yourself, wow, look, I just went from here to here, yeah. And that's what a lot of people say to me. The big joke was in the beginning for me was, oh. Strahan probably got you that gig at Fox. And and the funniest thing was Michael was still playing when I started. So I right. always thought, oh, he wasn't he had nothing to do with it. You know, it was just uh Fox Business News had just launched. Uh I knew a producer there, and all of a sudden I was bringing talent on, then I became a guest, then all of a sudden I get handed a mic. And you know, here I am running around the Super Bowl in Dallas. Big Daddy, what are you doing with a TV crew and a mic? In there? And, you know, and I'm going up to guys like Tony Saragusa and uh, all these other people that are Jake Laser that are all on TV. And I didn't tell anybody. I just kind of went, bam, showed up, started interviewing people, started going to events, and and now it's led to you know even something like this where I never thought in my life or dreams that. One, I'd be doing TV, and two, that I'd be hosting a show on a podcast. Uh, I was against it in the beginning because I didn't know what the workload would be like, what it took to set up a podcast. You know, everybody always thinks that, oh, you just get a camera, you interview people. No, <laughs> you know this as well as anybody. There's a lot more that goes into it than just videoing and having conversations. You know, people have to edit stuff and put it all in line and make it look all pretty so that you have a great presentation. So I, I, I and I respect uh, producers and uh, all those type of people because I remember the first time I had done a Super Bowl, we had done interviews at two, three in the morning. And then Fox and Friends, as you know, starts at six. <laughs> I'm like, a oh. different. I'm like, I'm, I'm barely sleeping because we're like getting back at three o'clock and then you got to be on the set for hits six, seven, eight through nine. And you're like, and then those guys, they don't even go to sleep because they got to put the segment together. Right. I'm like, wow, man, this is a, uh, this stuff's no joke. I, I mean, now I know why people make the money they do and why they put the hours that they put in because it's not simple, you know? Yeah. That's, it takes a lot of work to make it look effortless. Yeah. And uh, I definitely have a, a very strong idea about how that works. Yeah. So anyway, and, uh, you know, what a lot of people probably do not know is that uh, I happen to be very good friends with your wife, Julie. 
And you know what a small world that is. I I I, I tell the story when we first met. We met when you were at the Jets, and um, and you know you're it's after a game, and uh, and Jules is sitting there, and she's looking over at me like I know this guy, and I'm saying to myself. I, I know I know her, but I just can't. Like, I couldn't put two and two together. Right. And she finally comes over to me and goes, Big Daddy, uh, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame on you. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. She goes, don't you remember me? And I'm like, oh, I'm like trying to figure out. I'm like, oh, I'm losing my mind trying to figure out uh, where and how. And she's like, I went to Maryland with you. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, and then she's like, "You have to meet my husband." <laughs> and here, here you walk out, and I'm just like, oh, "I just went from six four to like." <laughs> so, uh, and we've had a friendship since, and, and and it's been great. And and the one thing that I always cherish, and I still have to this day, is you know, in 2008, I had an aneurysm, and. Uh, and I remember you sent me a jet sweatsuit with RS on it. And I still have that shirt. You know, even though it's since 2008 and I'm <laughs> and appreciative of that. So, uh, you know, that's one of the things that came across my desk when uh, people found out. I didn't obviously was not trying to let the whole world know, but, uh, uh, you know, that was a great gift and always uh, something I remember and cherish. So thank you again, because I never had a chance to really say <laughs> So I'll say well, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, look, I, I feel your pain on, on not recognizing people right away. I'm, I'm terrible with that as well. But I knew early on from, from meeting you what an uh, inherently kind person you were and, and, and the way that you, you cared about people. And, and it's sincere. And, and, you know, in sports and, and in TV, you meet a lot of people that aren't very sincere mm -hmm. or their sincerity wavers based on how successful you are in the moment. Um, so it's nice to have friends that, that are there consistently and, and that you can you can rely on. And, and the, you know, the camp that you put on and, and the golf tournament that you put on, I don't know how many of your, your viewers know about either one of those things, but again, amazing events everything is designed for the the benefit of either either the charity you're working with or the kids on the day and it's unique it's it's hard to find find that in people so i appreciate that about you big daddy well thank you i appreciate that as well and that means a lot coming from you um we i don't know where we're at with the camp but uh we're, we're uh, my brother jimmy and i were just actually talking about it the other day the golf outing is back, so you always have an invitation, and it's All right. Monday, June 28th, and uh, we're obviously dealing with the health issues right now, the health department, so we're trying to figure that out. Uh, the day of the event, we're going to have an entertainer. I, uh, I'm, It'll be big, and <laughs> I can't announce it yet. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, but you know what? It, it's... The reason why, I, and I told this to somebody, is because you raise more money when you bring more attention. Yep. If you don't do that, then it's very hard to complete the goal that you're trying to complete. And uh, 
and you know some of the familiar faces will be there you know the glazers and stray hands and and all the other people that you know and and believe it or not it's funny at the combine last year i had three head coaches say to me how come you don't invite me to your golf outing i heard about this castle and blah 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 blah. and i'm like <laughs> uh well we had to cancel it because the venue was being sold so we were off for a couple of years but now things are back to normal and uh, we're in the process of putting the whole thing together. So it will be on Monday, June 28th. And, uh, you know, like I said, we always have room for you, Eric, and the castle will be your castle. castle. You know, I'm not a big golfer, but I love the event and it, it's uh, for such a good cause. So yeah, I'm, I'm planning to come. So great. Thank you for that. And, uh, and then, like I said, uh, when we talked beforehand at the end of the segment, I asked, the guests to now take over the mic and ask me a question. So shoot away. Okay. So you've been through a lot of challenges physically Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure that makes you take a step back and, and think about priorities. Think about, about things retrospectively. What, what did you learn from all the different challenges that you've been through that you would then share to someone like Jake or Luke, you know, my, my sons, you know, that, that high school age. Well, I would say that you first learn, like you said before, who your friends are, you know, you, um, I did an interview for, and I'm going to make, you're going to laugh. I did an interview for the athletic with Dan Kaplan. And he said to me, he goes, big dad, he goes, if you could explain yourself in in, uh, in three sentences, what would it be? And I said, I go, look, I've survived an aneurysm, I've survived a divorce, and I survived coronavirus. So God's not ready to take me. That describes me. <laughs> and he goes, you really want me to print that? I said, yeah. I go, you just asked me a question. I just answered you. So he went and printed it, and, you know, I got a lot of, you know, jokes and comments about the whole thing but i think you um you you always have to learn to be focused even when you're down and even when i was laid up the first time with my aneurysm i said to myself i'm not going to let this thing like run my life or ruin my life but i have to get out of this hospital so uh, and and i remember being listening to the doctor tell me when you have something like this you might be laid up for uh in a hospital for two to three months, depending Oof. on, you know, who you are or how your body. And I said to myself, that's not me. I, I've been hit in the gut and I've gotten up. So when I was able to walk out seven days after the surgery, they were blown away. But the doctor said to me, you're a healthy guy. You just had this mishap and you have to move on with your life. But that was that took me two years really to really feel like I was back because I was struggling when I got home. It took me a while to get up and moving and the anesthesia to get out of your system and all that. And then finally, and me like a fool, I it was uh, I decided to go to a, <laughs> a football game. And I'm like, oh, I, I feel like I need a wheelchair to go from the, you know, it was the old, uh, old uh, Meadowlands 
And I'm like parked right by, you remember when you walk into the tunnel? I'm right there. That walk for me felt like I was walking back to Long Island. Oof. Because it, I was out of it. And then, you know, I'm wearing a ski cap because I've got this train track in my head. And I'm not trying to scare everybody. I'm wearing a ski hat. And everyone's like, Big Daddy, it's October. Like, you know, what are you wearing a hat for? And I'm like, well, I like it. It's just I don't want to get into it. But uh, anyway, I just think I would tell your sons that make a plan and stick to it and stay focused. And I always go by Lombardi saying, eliminate distraction. Anyone that's negative, anyone that is jealous of you or wants to bring you down, those are people that you need to move on from because there's always – everyone's always trying to stick, uh, as they say, stick sand in your pockets to help you sink because they're afraid of you being better than them. Right. Whatever you do. doesn't matter if you're an athlete, you're a businessman, you could be the best teacher in the world. When you're at the top, someone's always trying to bring you down. So as long as you can eliminate distraction and stay focused with that plan, those are the words that I would tell. And that's what I just told the kid yesterday, actually. A parent that I knew asked me to get on a phone call, and I said, you know what? Let's do a Zoom. And the kid had surgery two years ago. He's still dealing with the uh, the rehab part of it and how he's he, he just needs a little push, and the father can only push him so far. Right. So I got on when we had about a 30 minute Zoom call. And I told him, I said, listen, you're at a point in your life that you can still play baseball because he's a pitcher and he just had surgery. I said, me, I can't go and play baseball, let alone any sport right now. I said, you have, you've got two more years of eligibility left. Go rehab, get the job done because you don't want to say later on, what if, right? If I would have went this way, or if I would have went to a, if you're not happy with the doctor, go find another doctor. Go find another therapist. There's someone that's willing to work with you, but you also have to be able to put in the work, because you're the one that's rehabbing. It's your body that needs to be rehabbed, not the person pushing you. So that would be my take. Um, that's the advice I would give to both boys, and I would say, look. I ain't the, I would tell both your sons, look, your your mom knows me, your dad knows me, and I'm not, a, I'm not the most intelligent guy or smart guy. I just know how to outwork people. I know how to get to a point where you can get in front of somebody that you need to get in front of and then make my point, make my statement. Yeah. And and that's it. I said, look, I told this again to someone else. I wasn't the smartest guy coming out of high school. That's why I went to prep school. I went to prep school to help myself get into college. I took college experience and I took it to another level where, hey, the same guys, you know, the Billy Hamptons and the Clay Hamptons and all Mike Newsoms and all those guys, when they were ball boys and equipment guys, all those guys elevated to different places, you know, just like you. You went from here, you went to here. Yep. Well, you keep those relationships intact. People don't forget. Right. You treat people the right way also they don't forget. They're going to remember. And that's why I could say there, I have about 5,000 or so business cards and 400 million phone numbers and emails and whatnot. And I try to stay in front of everybody. Yeah. 
you know so those are the those are i think those are the keys to success and the advice i would give to young kids all right great stuff how's that sound coach that's <laughs> fantastic i'm gonna share it with him yeah absolutely uh but anyway hey our time's up and i gotta say eric this is great i i can't thank you enough for coming on because uh it means the world to me that not only you being a friend but also the person that you are and where you've been and where you're heading i can't say thank you enough well thank you big daddy hopefully i'll be on this uh podcast several more times and yeah absolutely great, great catching up with you thank you and you too and uh I'll get that pizza out to you. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be looking. I know you. I'll get it out to you. So for all you viewers and all you listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed my time with Eric Mangini. Keep an eye out for him. He's on Fox. Uh, what Every day? What is it? Uh, it, cha it, it changes. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, but keep an eye out for him at Fox Sports. And uh, till next time, it's Big Daddy. I'll see everyone real soon. Have a great day. And uh, remember, you can check us out on Apple, on Spotify podcasts, and also on YouTube.com. Leave a comment and tell me, uh, let me know how I'm doing. All right? <laughs> <laughs>